Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wes Goldberg, Warriors writer for the Mercury News, and I'll be joined today by Sam DeCini, who covers the NBA draft for the Athletic. Sam does great work and uh, does a ton of research and reporting for his big boards and his mock drafts. There are few people, if any, who I trust on the NBA draft. More, he joins the show to talk about who he thinks are the top players in the draft, what he thinks the Warriors should do with their pick, and more. Hope you enjoy. First, how do you think the Warriors trading for Andrew Wiggins changes uh, their team needs in the draft, if at all? I would significantly doubt that it affects the way that they will go about drafting. I think that their organizational philosophy would likely be to take the guy that they think is best. And while they do have guys like Eric Paschal and Andrew Wiggins and, you know, Draymond Green certainly can fit into like the combo forward mold, even though you likely want to play him at the four or five. I, I don't think that this takes them out of the mix for a, you know, combo forward, a three, a four. Uh, I don't think that this takes them out of like I don't think that D'Angelo Russell's presence would have taken them out of the mix for taking a one or a two guard. Hmm. Uh, I don't think that you know filling the small forward power forward hole will make them more likely to select the center. I, I think that they're just simply going to take the guy that they evaluate as being the most likely to contribute to. Uh, and a potential NBA champion within the next, you know, three years realistically during this timeline. Well, with that, I I agree, number one. But um, with that in mind, you know, that sort of changes that may that might make their draft board look a lot different than maybe you know a, another team's draft board that does, that has more long term aspirations than what the Warriors have. Uh, Do, is there uh, is there a clear uh, number one or a couple of prospects that are sort of separating themselves as far as um, not just like as long-term, you know, high ceiling guys, but guys who may be able to contribute sort of right away within these first couple of years. Yeah, I think that, you know, if you talk to NBA executives, what their overall tenor is right now is that they would probably prefer to not have a pick in the top five. Mm. Uh, they would probably prefer to have a pick more in the eight to 15 range. The reason I say that is that those contracts tend to be more, tend to be more valuable right. and tend to be more cost effective than for instance, like Anthony Edwards uh, or whoever goes number one overall. If you know, say the Warriors take Anthony Edwards uh, Anthony Edwards will be on a four-year, $47 million contract next year. Whoever right. goes number one is going to get that deal. Uh, is there a world of difference between number one Anthony Edwards and number, I don't know, let's say I have Killian Hayes at seven on my board right now. Mm. Uh, is there a world of difference between those two? certainly not commensurate to what their salaries will be next season, in my opinion. Interesting. Um, look, like I think the Warriors will certainly be active in potential trade discussions, if only because um, it's hard to feel confident that there will be many 
players at the top of this draft that will be able to immediately contribute to a team whose aspirations are immediately contending for an NBA championship. So the Warriors could technically, let's just say that they get the top pick. They could, we've seen, you know, Boston and Philly trade in the past when Philly moved up from Markel Fultz, Boston moved back to number three. So they moved back two spots, grab a future first rounder in the process, a valuable first rounder. Um, but because that that was a, a strong draft, that was considered a strong draft. This is considered a weak draft. Sure. So do you think that that sort of, that draft value chart, so to speak, still applies to this draft? I don't, uh, unless there is a team that becomes specifically enamored with someone like Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball right. um, and thinks of those two as genuine potential stars in a way that I personally do not. Um, but, you know, it's not to say that they don't have star potential, but I think that their downside is certainly much higher than most NBA uh, top picks that we've seen come through in recent years. Um, So I definitely think that that affects what teams will be willing to give up in a deal. So the Warriors would be able to trade back, but it's just not going to be for, for, you know, a future, a nice, like unprotected future first rounder. It'll probably be a late first rounder, maybe a couple of seconds or something like that, depending on how far they trade back. But um, yeah, I could see. I think all of that is very conditional. You know, just how far are they moving back? Uh, You know, what team are they dealing with? The stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. If you're looking for a way to increase your recovery after the gym, this is a great way to do it and get back to your peak performance the next time you're at the gym. Feel better naturally, treat your pain, and get back to your life. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days or get your money back by going to theragun.com slash locked on. For a limited time, our listeners to this podcast get a free charging stand with a purchase. That is a $79 value. That's theragun.com slash locked on. theragun.com slash locked on. It feels like right now that at the top of that uh, most boards that I'm seeing, it's Anthony Edwards and it's Lomelo Ball, you know, in some sort of order, right? Uh, what What's your feeling on those two guys, and do you have a preference between those two? I think it's close. I don't think that they have necessarily pushed themselves so far ahead of everyone else. It's more that no one else has Mm. necessarily emerged along with them right in terms of preference i prefer anthony edwards at this moment because he is a power athlete with all sorts of body control i believe in the jump shot to translate at a substantial level uh he's a tough shot taker and you know, there are going to be concerns about the quality of shots that he takes at the next level. But uh, I think that if you get him into a strong team environment and can, there's, there's just more to work with, with him in regard to developing his game. Cause he has uh, been given tools that many NBA 
players really can't even fathom in terms of leafing ability, in terms of power athleticism, in terms of twitch, in terms of uh, body control. Uh, and I think that uh, if you can work with the skill level that he currently possesses, you know, you've got a chance to get someone that could be an all-star down the road, but he's farther off than most number one overall picks. What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on James Wiseman? Because he definitely fills a need for them at center, but um, I know people are pretty split on his evaluation. Me personally, I'm not sure that realistically any center should be taken at number one overall anymore. Um, Just given the way that the position works now, unless that center is capable of being a pure number one offensive option in the way that a Joel Embiid or Carl Towns or Nikola Jokic is. And with James Wiseman, we have seen no evidence that that is something within his potential range of outcomes because he just doesn't, you know, handle the ball in the perimeter. He doesn't make high-level reads in terms of passes. Uh, the jump shot, I think, certainly is a skill that he'll probably possess, at least as a trailer three or as a pick-and-pop guy. But I, I don't really see him as an offensive creator in the way that he would need to be to uh, – realistically make a case to select him at number one so if you were the warriors is there a is there a player on your board that you would kind of circle as um maybe the optimum fit for what golden state wants to do in sort of their timeline Mm. (laughs) really um i understand the appeal of an obi toppin for them right uh six foot nine six eleven wingspan good power athlete uh, great body control, can really handle the ball now on the perimeter for a big, um, insofar as like you can run a lot of different dribble handoff actions with them. Uh, Dayton will run a bunch of horn sets with him and throw the ball into him at the elbow and then mm-hmm. let him initiate action. Um, also a pretty good three-point shooter, in my opinion. I buy the mechanics. I think they're smooth. They're simple. Um, they're pretty easy uh, in a way that you hope for when trying to project out a jump shooter Uh, defensively. I think there are some concerns there in terms of how stiff he is in terms of how uh, capable he is of uh, making an impact there, both around the basket given his wingspan and uh, in terms of being able to guard away from the basket, just given that his hips are kind of stiff and he struggles to drop his hips in uh, coverage. Now he can recover and block shots because he has good straight line speed whenever that happens. But nonetheless, I think that you can find a world where he fits well in between super lengthy guys like Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins, if Wiggins is there, or right. you know someone else that they acquire with the trade exception. Like there, there are a lot of different options available for the Warriors in a way that, uh, again, I would probably not limit myself to uh, a certain position when drafting because. You, know, you could use the trade exception on a center and use the pick on a guard and you know the mid-level exception on a wing or you can you know amalgamate those three things pretty easily any which way that you want 
and kind of make a roster that really makes sense and really pushes them back into contention. This spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. With amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventures, and incredible food, Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. Arizona has one-of-a-kind spring training experiences, 10 stadiums, 15 Major League Baseball teams, and 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are within 50 miles of each other, making it easy to see as much of the action as possible. If you've ever been to spring training, you know it gives you a great opportunity to meet the players and get autographs before the game. Then after the games, check out the amazing restaurants and bars nearby and enjoy live music from local and national artists. Plus, Arizona is known for its incredible landscapes and thrilling outdoor adventures. Go on hikes, hot air balloon rides, or skydiving. You can even go jet skiing or just take in that beautiful Arizona sunset. No matter what you do, Arizona has got you covered. And if you're bringing the kids along, Arizona is a fantastic destination for families with family-friendly resorts and hotels that offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages, from water parks to horseback rides to games and organized activities. So plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. That's visitarizona.com slash springtraining. Yeah, and I know one of the reasons they made that Wiggins deal is because they weren't enamored with any of the wings in the draft, so that leads me to believe that they may not be going in that, that route in the draft. Uh, and they may go well, with the draft. There just aren't any of them, to yeah. be honest. Like, um, you know, Anthony Edwards, in my opinion, is like a one-two, more of a two-guard. Right. Um, you know, Lamella Ball's point guard, Cole Anthony's point guard, Wiseman's a big, Tyrese Maxey's a combo guard, Obi Toppin's a big, Killian Hayes is a guard. Um, any of Dia is like kind of a combo forward that I guess you could theoretically call a wing, but uh, you know, whatever, right? right. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton's a guard. Jaden McDaniels is dangerous to select. Um, yeah, can you can we talk a little bit more about Jaden McDaniels because he kind of hits the physical needs that they need. Like they they could use that like Harrison Barnes type body, that Kevin Durant type body, and he at least has that. He's six ten. You know, he could play some four for you, like. What do, what do, why do you call him dangerous? You watch him, and there are times where he is far too active, where he just takes really incredibly poor shots in terms of shot selection, and there are times where he is invisible and not really nearly active enough on the floor. Uh, he is just a lot of different times this year seemingly had his emotions get the better of him on the floor in a way that results in technical fouls, that results in stupid fouls, um, that result in non-winning plays, basically. So, yeah, I, I think of him as certainly a risky proposition if you're selecting highly in this draft. Um, I mean, like he's like not even starting for Washington right now. Right. You mentioned Tyrese Halliburton there, too. Uh, he's maybe the fastest riser in this draft, I think. I think... Isaac Okoro's draft uh, moved up quite a bit too, but what is it about Halliburton that teams are liking? Yeah, his feel for the game is just unbelievably high. He's incredibly unselfish, smart off-ball defender. Hmm. Uh, just does a lot of winning. He makes winning plays on the court a lot of the time. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, if you watch his game, it's kind of unconventional uh, in a similar way to, you know, Alonzo Ball or... You know, even like Derek White kind of has like an unconventional game, in my opinion, mm. like for a perimeter player where a lot of it's based on defense and you know, it's tough for him. Like he doesn't take a ton of three-point attempts, certainly not like an awesome pull-up threat. I think Halliburton, like you don't want to go under on him on ball screens whenever he's coming around a screen, but like because his range is really good, but it takes him a while to get the shot off. 
And if you kind of corral him and bother him in pick and roll, it's, you know, it's going to be hard for him to create separation uh, as a, uh, you know, primary option. So is he a primary option or is he a you know, second side ball handler who, you know, hopefully you get open for three because he's really good at sinking and finding the open spaces and then you use him as your second side pick and roll ball handler. Like, I think that he's a very difficult evaluation in a lot of ways. My last question for you is just is it's pretty broad. You can kind of take it wherever you want. But how would you approach the draft if you were the Warriors? I would trade the pick. Like I would not even really think twice. Where would you try to get? Like, is there like a target range that you would try to trade down I, to? I would move out. In all honesty, of the um, draft completely, you would trade the pick for a player. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like if I could get down into like you know, the 10 to 15 range and pick up a player, that'd be great. But I would have no qualms of moving out of this draft and getting a player. You know, they certainly have the trade exception right. to use with Andre Iguodala that allows them to take on salary, you know, for a player just by uh, attaching the pick to the trade exception. So right. it's kind of an easy move, I think, to be honest. Um mechanically with the CBA at least now uh, do I think that they could use an infusion of young talent certainly but uh, I would now that I have this Minnesota pick uh, I would certainly try and attach the Minnesota pick and the high pick this year for a potential superstar in a deal realizing that that's somewhat unlikely Mm. to occur if only because you know superstar deals in general by nature are unlikely to occur uh, I would probably use this pick as the one that I would like to move and, and then take next year's pick from Minnesota as the one that helps me get the infusion of younger talent. There you have it. Thanks to Sam Vecini. You can follow him and his writing on Twitter at Sam underscore Vecini, V-E-C-E-N-I-E. And of course, read his work over at The Athletic. Again, does a tremendous job with all of the things about the NBA draft and uh that was really good information in that show. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. Thanks for listening. <laughs>